Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Joe, good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Congratulations on your installation as president. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up to the budget tomorrow, what measures does the INTO want to see? It's been a very interesting, or one might say, a difficult year and a half or nearly two years now. It has, and I think the first thing we want to see is a reduction in class size. Uh, we still have the largest class sizes in Europe in the European Union and you know we're the only group that had to implement COVID rules regulations in classes where there are more than 30 children uh, and we think the Minister has an opportunity right now to reduce the class size just a modest reduction of one pupil per class uh, would make a significant difference and if she were to continue that for the next two years again we would then be down to the European average and class size would no longer be an issue. So that, that, that's our number one priority. Would that and involve second, hiring many, many teachers? It would involve hiring about 350 teachers uh, who will, will be coming out of our colleges of education anyway. Um, the number of pupils is reducing. Uh, it will not require uh, a huge amount of investment because if we keep the same number of teachers and the, um, the number of pupils reduces, then that the demographic dividend will, will, will bring about a reduction in class size. So we're not talking about significant extra expenditure. I think €4 million Euro in next year's budget will, will cover it, um, and it's something the, the Minister should do. But we also want to see support for school leaders. I think that's really, really important. Mm. Um, and you'll have known from your own programme, uh, teaching principals particularly, um, 2,000 teaching principals at primary level, they really do need support and certainty. Uh, they need time from their teaching duties to, to deal with administrative mm-hmm. uh, tasks, um, and they need, they need help and assistance as they do their job. So those two things are the, the, the big issues for us tomorrow, okay. and we'll, we'll judge the budget really on those. Joe, I spoke to a couple of teachers a, a week or two ago when we were talking about this proposed bonus for frontline mm-hmm. workers, which seems to have been quietly shelved pre-budget. What it'll happen afterwards, we don't know just yet. But one of the two of the teachers that I spoke to said very clearly they don't want any proposed bonus. What they want is better safety features in classrooms and other such facilities. Well, the first thing I'd say about uh, any proposed bonus is that we in the INTO support the payment of a bonus to frontline health workers uh, and I think they just want to make that very very clear mm. that we do believe that those who worked on the front line in the health service do deserve an acknowledgement mm. of the risks 
to their lives. But did you not but, jointly sign a document with the other teaching unions, Joe, saying that you want a slice of that too? No, what we said was that we wanted to be involved, and that's the, the next point I was going to make, PJ, that if, you know, one, once the, the, the frontline health workers are looked after, we want to be involved in any discussions that go beyond that. But being involved in the discussions means exactly what those teachers said to you. We want to look at how are our schools going to be post-COVID? Not necessarily even about the safety during the pandemic phase, but as we, as we get vaccinated, how are we going to have the supports for pupils in our schools and for staff in our schools pre-pandemic? Um, what kind of emotional supports are we going to provide to children? What kind of, are we going to have the smaller classes? Um, are we going to have the support for children with special education needs? And that would be the better monument. And I think your, your, your caller that you had earlier on and that you read out, I think is really important. We need to get away from a divisive debate. Let's all support the, the, the frontline health workers getting something. And then let's think of a fitting uh, way to commemorate it that will unite everybody, public and private mm-hmm. sector workers, in, 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 in uh, uh, moving forward to the next stage. An issue that came up on this programme last week and subsequently was picked up in, in other media is the banking of hours. Now, it's a difficult enough one for the ordinary lay person to understand, but the banking of hours has been stopped now for special education teachers, that kind of thing. Where, where do you stand on, on that, Joe? Surely it was useful, it was very useful, and now that it's stopped, some children will lose services. Yeah, and I think that that's the, the key part just for, for your listeners. You're, you're quite right. It is complicated. But, but in, in short, if a teacher who provides special education support to a pupil has to step into a class on a particular day before last Wednesday, the school could replace that teacher on some other day and the child would get the time in a different way. And that's been stopped. And it's wrong. And it, should, it was stopped in the middle of the year and schools that have already been operating the system don't know where they stand. And it means from here on in that special edu- children with special education needs are going to be asked to pay a price for uh, providing cover in mainstream classes. And that's really unacceptable to us, and we hope the Minister will reconsider. We're looking to meet her. Uh, we'll, we'll be meeting with the Department, certainly, on Wednesday of this week. And we'll be raising our concerns. Well, that'll be that. interesting for, for people who were listening, particularly some of the parents who contacted the show in the wake of the conversation we had. So the INTO is on this one, and you've, 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 asked, it for, you've asked for it to be reversed. We, we certainly have asked for it to be reversed, and we will be meeting with the Department on Wednesday uh, to make the case that this was a wrong move on, on, on the part of the department. Now, I suppose looking at the last 18 months and the pandemic in particular, Joe, mm-hmm. what has it taught us about learning from home, Zoom teaching, maybe hybrid learning? Is there a future there, realistically? Well, there is, and uh, it certainly is, is uh, I suppose the phrase that's being used now is blended learning. And, and not just in Ireland, but across Europe, uh, there's a view that we need to look at blended learning if it makes learning better. <laughs> and there are certain circumstances where, where, where it will. But I think at primary level, what we have learned is this. You cannot expect parents who are working from home to replace what's been done in schools. Uh, but what has happened in the pandemic is there's been better communication within parents and teachers because they're, they're, they're linking in through various online platforms, and that's good. But you, 
there are huge issues in relation to connectivity. Um, to, to access access to devices is one thing, but access to reliable broadband is another. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fact that parents now are moving back out of the home to work. So we've learned that home can't replace school, but that home and school can work together. Digital technology has a place to play in that, but it needs to be accessible to all pupils. Mm. Not just those who can afford it. Some some of our correspondents, i.e. parents, over the last 12 to 18 months noticed, particularly the two or three children, they said, well, little Sean's teacher is brilliant. He's on every morning and there's Zoom this and t- whatever other one they were using. But then Susan's teacher, well, he's not so great. We hear from him a couple of times a week. There, there seemed to be no structure as such, for the delivery of it, did you did did the union take a particular stance on a structure there? Well, I think the first thing that happened was that in the first lockdown there was a, a great deal of unevenness because it happened so suddenly, and people were just getting their systems in place. I think in the second lockdown there was certainly a lot more consistency, but I think too there, there, there's a, a difference in expectations. There's kind of a view that if you were doing Zoom classes, you were doing great stuff. Whereas there were other ways of providing support. There were a lot of teachers who were uh, recording themselves doing things and sending it off, but not doing necessarily live lessons. And I suppose what the schools that got very little recognition were the very, very many schools who continued to provide actual hard copies of stuff and send it out and who also provided food and support to needy families. But I do think that in any situation where you have 3,000 schools and 50, 000, well, 43,000 teachers mm. in the Republic of Ireland, you're going to have unevenness unless you have proper training and proper professional development and clarity about what standards are expected. If, if blended le- learning becomes a future thing, as in we realised there were certain elements of it that worked and we take them forward, d- do teachers maybe in training, Joe, need... Do they need, do they, yes, they need I mean, that added to their training? Do they need a different kind of training to deal well, with the, well, the hybrid work? Well, 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 there's no question about it that teachers need proper training in relation to blended learning. That's absolutely key. But the other supports need to be there as well. So, for example, in your own place of work or for a lot of people, if their laptop or something breaks down, there's technological assistance available. Well, if you're going to have that in school, you're going to need technological support available to people readily. But professional development and training is really, really important as we as we move forward. Uh, and there's no doubt about it. Digital learning is going to be an aspect of what happens in the future. And the training of teachers is critical both before they come into the schools and while they're in schools. Something that comes up frequently on the programme, at least once every year, we get an email or a call from a parent wondering why little Johnny is still getting homework. Is, is there a need for homework if all the work of the day is being done in school? Isn't the day long enough without another stressful couple of hours in the evening for mom and pupils as they struggle with homework? Uh, absolutely. And I think as a, as a teacher of uh, teaching for, for, for many years myself, uh, I, I think if we could have a sensible approach to homework, it would be, it would be a good thing. What would and be a sensible approach? A, sens- a sensible approach to homework would be uh, an acknowledgement that, for example, now it's possible to, to make sure the work can be sent home that's active, that involves uh, uh, um, doing things rather than just learning things. 
uh, and perhaps that isn't necessarily something that has to be done every single night just simply to be checked off the next morning. There's no doubt about it for many years uh, as a teacher. If I said there was a night off homework, it is the parents who were the happiest because it relieved so much stress. So I think I would absolutely say that we don't need to continue doing the homework that we have been doing in the way that we have been doing it. With having some link between what's done in home and what's done in school is important. Parents reading with their children at home is important. Parents involved in activities is important. It wouldn't be a good thing if a child stopped their schoolwork and went home and parents didn't know what was happening at all. Mm-hmm. Any day, I think so, so a reason to open the school bag and go through the books, yeah. but not necessarily a whole list of sums and spellings and learning it's, off and writing and reading. There's no yeah. need for that anymore. Or no, is and I, w- I would certainly say this. Look, if homework is an argument, then it should be possible to end it by simply sending a note into the teacher to say, this didn't work for us last night. You know, and I think that uh, a more reasoned approach is, is, is really important. Mind you, there's the other argument then that says, well, homework as a child teaches you that in the real world of real life, you do sometimes have to take work home. And that's absolutely true. But I think that, you know, we don't have to teach children by the age of 11 everything they're going to need when they're adults. Uh, We need to let children who are young be young and be children. And that's, that's the key bit there. And I think a sensible link between home and school, a sensible use of activities is important but pointless learning off of stuff that causes grief and anxiety. And we need to recognise, too, that children are now doing homework in situations where both parents are often out working during the day. Parents are tired and anxious as well in the evenings. And a lot of the homework has now been done in after-school clubs or homework clubs of one sort or another. So, of course, we need to review it and reevaluate it. And I guess if everyone is stressed in the evening with regard to homework and learning off and all that, mm-hmm. it doesn't help with mental health. This is Mental Health Week. We're a big focus of it all week long. Is there a place in the curriculum, Joe McKeown, for a formal mental health module, say, in well, the there's schools? Well, certainly, there's certainly a need for, for mental health support. And even before the pandemic, and I was working as a principal uh, at that stage, we would all say the number of children coming forward with anxiety issues just had exploded. And you also have to remember that, incredibly, the number of children uh, who are homeless, who are coming into school, we, we ended up having to issue guidance to schools, as to, along with Focus Ireland, as to how to deal with when a child says they're homeless. Okay. So uh, the issue of anxiety and mental health is really important. And two things need to happen. We have a very good social, personal health education and well-being is, is going to be a feature of that. But secondly to that, <clears throat> it's important to have some sort of counselling services available. Uh, and we ourselves, the INTO, along with Bernardo's and various other charities who work with children, have written to the Minister saying that you need to provide some accessibility uh, to schools and to children for emotional counselling, be it play therapy or art therapy, because we would say even before the pandemic, the number of children in primary schools talking about suicide, talking about anxiety uh, and coming up to their teachers or their principals and just mentioning those issues, you know, had gone to alarming levels and it certainly needs to be addressed. Okay. Lastly, Joe, let me read you something that's come in in the phone mm-hmm. while we've been talking and the mm-hmm. number of different subjects that we have covered. And I'll, 
ask you to finish up then by, by responding to it. I really don't know what's going on with education in Ireland. The teachers have fabulous pay, fabulous conditions, fabulous job security and fabulous holidays. Yes, it's a stressful job, but so are a lot of other jobs without those perks. We've just come out of COVID and the stress other people were under was a lot more, a lot worse. As regards parents and homework, we're one of the best educated countries in the world and that's partly down to homework. If you don't have homework, children will come to regard the lessons as a necessary evil between socialising and school and watching TV or going online at night. The fact they'll need to answer questions, etc. at night keeps them motivated. Don't parents want their children to thrive? Some old school values there. Are times changing, Joe? The times are changing, uh, and I suppose I, but my response to your, your call there was, first of all, I haven't complained once about teaching as a job or in any way. I, I enjoyed it myself while, while, when I was doing it, and, and teachers do. But as regards homework, it's just about looking at the world we're in. The homework that your listeners are referring to was given when children were doing the homework at home. My point is that now the context is different. Two parents out working because they have to be out working. Uh, children doing homework after school hours in homework clubs. It probably has, a, and we need to take a different approach to it now than we did in the past. Okay, listen, I wish you good luck in your tenure as president of the NTO and we'll no doubt speak again. That's Joe McKeown from Cork, new president of the Irish National Teachers Organisation. Cork's 96FM.